Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Roel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, make your second half of life even better than the first. As we get older, many of us are going to need long-term care in our later years. In fact, someone turning 65 today has almost a 70% chance of needing some type of long-term care and support in the remaining years. And yet, many families have little idea how they're going to pay for long-term care, which won't be covered by Medicare and may cost more than a million dollars per person by the time they need these services. In today's episode, long-term care experts Natalie Karp and Rona Loshak talk about the many facets of long-term care insurance, a critical option for a growing number of vulnerable seniors who are aging alone or not physically able to take care of their spouse or simply unable to pay for the care they need, especially as they face potential cutbacks in Medicaid. Rona and Natalie, who are independent brokers and co-founding partners of Karp Loshak LTC Insurance Solutions, are dedicated to helping clients navigate an array of long-term care insurance options. They've become a leading resource for consumers, professional advisors, and the news media. And in today's conversation, they offer an incisive overview of traditional long-term care insurance, as well as alternatives like hybrid um, life and long-term care insurance plans. Their goal is to guide families from conversation to contract with expertise and independence. So now let's meet our guests, Natalie Karp and Rona Loshek. Natalie and Rona, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks so much, Ron, for having us. This is Rona, and um, we just are so happy to be sharing um, our in, our professional um, expertise in long-term care planning. It's become such an important area of protection for most families. Right, right. And and I've, I've known you folks for a while, and I know that even though people think about this, oh, long-term care, that's uh, my 60s, 70s, 80s, but... 45 forward is when you should be thinking about this. So that's one reason why I have you folks on the show, because it's something people should be listen, uh, you know, uh, looking toward well before they end up in a crisis. So before we dive into stuff, I just I find my guests interesting, too, and their lives interesting. So I just wanted to give you guys an opportunity for just to briefly introduce yourself and sort of give a little bit of, of how you got into your career and what took you to long term care insurance. So Natalie and I uh, were friends first back in uh, in the 2000s, and we were both working in the corporate world. And uh, basically, we found that we wanted to do something a little more meaningful. And in 2008, we found um, ourselves as part of the sandwich generation, each with widowed moms. Hmm. And we had young children and widowed moms. We basically had two different um, sides of this, the coin, which brought us to understand long-term care planning. My mom um, had bought a long-term care insurance policy um, in her late 50s, early 60s, mm-hmm. and was able to live independently as a widow in a very nice apartment and said to me, you're a busy working girl. You won't. I won't have to bother you. I'll be able to have somebody come in and help me. And even though I know you'll be caring for me. Natalie, on the other hand, unfortunately, her mom was diagnosed with Parkinson's at an early age and was unable to secure long-term care insurance. And Natalie went through a journey 
that um, most of us would not want to be a part of between the Medicaid system and, you know, how to help her mom and, and dealing with all the aspects that go with it. Fast forward, not really fast forward, this was all going on simultaneously. We decided this was such an important field and especially for women. And we were keen on making sure that our company was independent. No matter what, we did not be part of, did not want to be part of a captive audience because we really want to give people the best advice and work for our clients to help them manage this protection. Right. And Natalie, I mean, you, you had a broad background too. So that, that I'm sure helped inform your life too. And you know, as well as, you know, specifically long-term care, right? I mean, you were involved in consulting and a lot of other things as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my background was um, the capital markets. So I really grew up on Wall Street, understood the capital markets, you know, very well and understood that no matter what you built in terms of your portfolio or what your assets look, assets look like, mm -hmm. X to 100X, unless you protected that, or if you will, created a moat around all that you built, you were vulnerable. And, you know, I found myself uh, both financially and non-financially, you know, as in this caregiver journey. Um, it's emotional and it's, um, you know, it's a beautiful thing to be able to do, but it's not an easy thing. Um, I'm lucky I have four brothers, but, and we, we did very well navigating together, but it either brings families together or tears them apart. So having a private pool of money becomes incredibly valuable no matter what your financial situation is so if you're you know working class if you're um the mass affluent if you're high net worth having a separate pool of money is a game changer for the families who will need care right right yes. and I'm, I'm actually claimed for my mom and my mother-in-law just recently mm -hmm. and i know firsthand the difference that it's making in the family dynamics um as far as knowing that that tax-free cash flow is helping them get the care they need without conflicts. Right. So why don't we just dive in a little bit here now? Just or just give me an overview of so what is long-term care insurance and and give well, me a so, sense of what it is. So, right. The so long-term care insurance um, is something that you buy when you're healthy, just like life insurance. Mm -hmm. When you buy life insurance, which people are familiar with. They know that there's, they're buying it to, to protect against the consequence of dying young. For instance, when they you know have a young family, they buy it in their 40s and 50s to protect the mortgage. Well, the consequences now have become greater for longevity, not dying young. Not that you shouldn't protect your home and your family, but people are, have to remember now the consequences of longevity, which create... Um, the chronic conditions of aging as you live a long life. Mm -hmm. That is really where most people are going to face the most consequences, a loss of independence, burdening a spouse, using up their retirement assets, not having enough cash flow. So we know that people are living longer. And once you reach age 80, there's an 80% chance that you'll need long-term care in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. So the longer you live, the more likely you develop chronic conditions of aging, the more likely you need to protect yourself and your loved ones from those chronic conditions of aging. Right. Um, it, so I'm sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. So I was just going to ask, you know, I think uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, well, not, I mean, certainly some people, some families, you know, will say to you, well, I'll just save up for, you know, long-term care rather than get insurance. 
And I think one of the things that you've pointed out, and I'd like to sort of expand on that now, is that that's a lot of money. You think you can save that amount of money, but it's it's it, uh, it often uh, costs more and lasts longer than you'd think. So right. mm-hmm. uh, to, to just go through some of the potential sure. fallacies so, of so self. There's, so there's definitely reasons that people think they could do it on their own. And um, one, they think that a family member or their wife or you know, or their spouse will care for them. So they don't need it. And obviously, we know that if somebody is 92, and their spouse is 89, that person is not going to be able to have the care. We also know that family members, um, and and daughters in particular, who used to be the role of caregivers, don't live nearby, they have jobs of their own. Now, as far as saving the money, am I going to take the money out of a retirement asset to pay for this care, no matter how much money we have? Since 82% of care is given at home in the community, you need that money, as Natalie said, a moat around your retirement assets to still pay for that. What you need is a tax-free stream of money coming in to pay for the home care, um, or if you're in assisted living for the cost of an assisted living. So if somebody was going to put that in some kind of um, investment, if they were going to pull that out later on, okay, in their life for care, they would most likely have to pay taxes on that money, Mm -hmm. which in many cases would make the cost of care much higher. So if they needed, for instance, $82,000 for the cost of care today a year, they'd have to pull out $126,000 from a retirement account. Now they're pulling out that money, not just for one year, and not just now, they're pulling it out 30 years from now. So right now, the cost of care is $300,000 a year. In 15 years, it's going to be a person. The average care need three years. And it's going to be um, 600000 a person if you take the average care need of three years. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in um, 15 years, and in 30 years, it's going to be about a million two per person after tax dollars. Mm-hmm. So no matter how much money you have in your nest egg, pulling out that kind of money at an older age is going to cost you more. And it will deplete that nest egg, whether it's for legacy or for your surviving spouse. Um, And we don't know what the markets be doing. And the leverage is just not there. Because when you purchase a long term care policy from day one, you have a large pool of money that will grow with inflation protection that's built into the policies to keep up with the cost of care in the future. So you can protect your lifestyle and your loved ones. Right. Thank you. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about the specific aspects and provisions of long-term care. Maybe maybe you can pick up there, Natalie. Sure. Um, When we're talking about the variables within the carriers, um, this is really part art and part science, but I'd like to do macro before I do micro. Sure. Macro is essentially building a pool of money and people get stuck on, wait a minute, how much and how long is it going to last me? What's important to sort of think about and frankly to reframe is that you are creating a separate pool of money that is going to hedge and that hedge is going to protect your other income stream from having to be redirected to pay for extended care. So when you're building a pool of money, you're literally creating a plan design, which is X dollars a day 
growing with an inflation rider because we want to keep up with the rising cost of inflation and the rising cost of healthcare. So when we build a monthly benefit, we add inflation, we we add, if we can, innovative riders that could include shared care, that could, could include an elimination of, you know, shorter waiting periods. But the point is once we create a benefit pool, we have dollars. Those dollars pay for care in any setting. So we want that to be very flexible. So those dollars could pay for care in the home, in the community, at daycare programs, at assisted living communities that that are surrounding all of us as we you know, travel on the highways, we see assisted living. Um, if somebody is retiring internationally, we want to look at what international benefits are. Mm-hmm. So not just in the US, which is portable and comprehensive, but also international. So as we build a pool of money, the industry the industry has grown up on standalone insurance, which is really what we also call traditional insurance. So it's a pool of money. It's an annual premium for the rest of your life. Right. Let me just interrupt um, you for a second, Natalie, just as, and we'll, we'll pick up right there. But I just wanted to clarify something um, that maybe is clear to a lot of uh, listeners, but maybe not, which is that this misconception like, oh, long-term care. Well, doesn't Medicare cover that? And the point is it doesn't. So just emphasize that. Yes. Um, so the reason long-term care exists is because there are severe limitations in what we have today. So the modalities are health insurance, Medicare, and Medicare SUP. That is health insurance. That does not pay for long-term care. It will pay up to 100 days in a skilled facility, but that does not pay for long-term care. Then you have Medicaid. Medicaid is very expensive for anybody who has assets. What do I mean by that? You could um, visit your you know, an elder care attorney and impoverish yourself, but no elder care attorney can protect, if you will, qualified money. That's your IRA, your SEP, your 403B, your 457. So if you have means, Medicaid becomes very expensive. So the alternative, if there's limited government programs or available in crisis mode, you're really looking at private insurance. Yeah, Ronna, you were going to Yes, I think what's Yes, I do need to um, just qualify one additional thing with Medicaid. um, And thankfully, it's there for people who need it. But there are two triggers to get on Medicaid. And when people do Medicaid planning, this is very, very important if they think it could be a plan. Medicaid, let's say your um, attorney made you poor. I'm going to put that in quotes, okay? There's the second trigger. That's a financial trigger. The second trigger is the medical trigger. And this is very, very, very important. The reason why is that the triggers for Medicaid are much, much higher than the triggers to get on long-term care insurance. And in most states, it's managed Medicaid. That means there's a pool of money just for a certain county. And they have to allocate that money to the people who need the most care. Six out of six activities of daily living with no family nearby. If you're just a middle-class person who just needs help getting around the house, your long-term care insurance would kick in, but Medicaid, most likely you would not get approval for Medicaid. So it's very important to understand that this is not your grandparents' Medicaid because they're not allowing the services. There's no money there for the services that you would need. Right. And the services we're talking about, the people who should understand, are basically for custodial care. It's not you know, medical care that is covered by, by Medicare. 
Yes. So Medicaid, we like Medicaid say, and Medic Medicare, Medicare is health insurance. Medicaid does cover if you qualify for low income and you trigger the medic medical bed triggers. Right. Go so ahead, Natalie. Think about long-term care as coming, picking up where your medical insurance leaves off. So if medical insurance is cure, again, in air quotes, this is care. So cure ends at doctors, hospitals, labs. This is care. And care could be stand on, you know, standby, hands-on, custodial, supervisory. That is care. And care is obviously very expensive. So what we want to do is make sure that we have the resources to have choice. And the choice of care ultimately will define um, what you and your family will choose in terms of who is providing care, where is care being provided? Um, can I choose anybody? Do I need to use an agency? Can I leave the country? Do I need to show receipts? Do I, can I just get money in my bank account? So the flexibility of the care dollars and in, in our parlance is long-term care benefits will determine how flexible that money is. But by and large, the most important thing to understand with, with the vast majority of these policies, we're talking about policies that have a 7702B code on them. That 7702B gives us standard federal language. When can I claim uh, two out of the six activities of daily living or cognitive impairment? And let's, then- Yeah, yeah let's, okay, let, let's hold up on that point. It, it's, Keep that thought in mind. We just need to take a quick break. Uh, we're gonna. It's a short break, but when we come right back, we'll be talking much more with Natalie Carp and Rona Loshak, the co-founders of Carp Loshak LTC Insurance Solutions. So don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back to 45 Forward, folks, where we're talking with Natalie Karp and Rona Loshak, two highly accredited, award-winning experts in long-term care insurance. 
So before the break, uh, Natalie was talking about some of the components of uh, long-term care insurance uh, policies. So we're going to pick up from there, and then we'll go back and forth between her and Rona, who are partners and work well all the time. Thank you. So when we're looking at the myriad of ways we can plan for long-term care insurance, um, it's important to distinguish that this contract is referred to as a 7702B. That's important because the federal triggers are in place, two out of the six ADLs or cognitive impairment. When we're building these contracts, we have, um, we have, a, we have a lot of ways to design part art and part science, again, mm -hmm. design that we have benefits that are comprehensive and portable. What does that mean specifically? We grew up on standalone insurance. So that's an annual premium for a bucket of money. We can do shared care. We see generous tax incentives in here. And I would say that it still remains as the biggest bang for the buck. So mm. we like these very much. And um, again, standalone or traditional carriers. Right. The industry has grown up to be very responsive to the way consumers want to purchase insurance. Some people may say, gee, I don't really want to pay a premium for the rest of my life. Um, so we have the newer sexier ways to plan using hybrid or asset-based solutions. Clients like these because we could, um, we have a lot of guarantees. Mm -hmm. So if we, um, you live, die, or change your mind, these contracts will pay out. So it's a little bit of, for the asset-based solution, it's built on a small death benefit chassis with a very large extension of long-term care benefit. Meaning if it's never used, a death benefit will come back. It's highly leveraged for long-term care dollars. If the client wants to surrender the policy, they can get out. The importance of the asset-based slashed hybrids is that clients like to know they're gonna pay a premium for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and everything is guaranteed. So they've become quite popular given the flexibility. Um, the third way to plan, or the, there may be six or seven ways, but the fundamentals on long-term care, would the third way would include life with a rider. Here we're building a very large death benefit, and we have the ability to accelerate through that in, in an acceleration of death benefit, which would be uh, life with an LTC rider. So again, constructing the policy is really a matter of what is the client's priority? What are we primarily solving for? If right. the client says, I'm primarily solving for long-term care, then we're really looking at traditional long-term care or asset-based solutions. That's the most highly leveraged money for long-term care. If somebody says, gee, I really need more death benefit, but it would also be nice to have long-term care with that, then you're solving primarily for death benefit and an LTC would be secondary. And then there are a number of solutions for those who are have impaired risk, which I don't think we're going to focus on today. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to switch back to Rona a bit. And, uh, and so I know there are lots of options. And uh, in my conversations with you, I know that that people sometimes you know get sort of like dazed with all the different possibilities. But one thing before I ask, I wanted to talk about sort of how um, uh, clients come to you and how you work with them. Uh, just uh, mentioned that while it may be complicated, you guys streamline the process. And part of the way to, to make this decision making um, less onerous is that people come to you and you basically guide them quickly, sort of, you know, get them 
put up the guardrails and steer them where they need to go. So it's so they shouldn't be overwhelmed by all the possibilities. You clear by talking with them, you clearly narrow down, as you pointed out, Natalie, what their needs are and help direct them. So so talk to me, Ron, about how you work with clients, how they come to you, what what you ask them, um, sure. how do they purchase it? Yeah. So um, long-term care insurance has tremendous ways that we have to pre-qualify somebody because there are so many different options. Um, the first thing is, you know, getting lifestyle information, but most importantly, their health and their medications because it is a medically underwritten product. So right away from all the different options that we're talking about and all the carriers, because we're totally agnostic, we work with everybody, we have to go to the underwriters and, and make sure that it's the conditions are okay with them. And there are certain conditions such as osteoporosis or PT, or somebody's you know has a history of um, falls or somebody has a history of um, different things that would not normally be affected by, for instance, a life insurance policy, because they're looking at morbidity, not mortality. So even though somebody says we're preferred on our life insurance, doesn't mean you're going to be preferred on your long-term care insurance. Mm -hmm. So we really have to narrow that down. Once we narrow that down, speak to the client about their goals and budgets, then we can compare and contrast different options once we narrow down the best carriers, the best value. Um, and I think that that is really critical of what Natalie and I do. There's lots of different levers that you can pull and push with long-term care. So if, you know, if, if agent A and agent B put in the exact same variables, yes, there are the same numbers. However, if you are an expert in this and you're agnostic and you work with every single carrier out there, you know which is the best way to trigger and to create basically a plan design because they're all custom and go to the carrier that will accept them for the best um, solution and be set up for success. So it is important that we work with them on that pre-qualification and that we target them as early as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think you had spoken about that as well, you know, who should be, um, you know, applying for this or looking at this sooner rather than later. Right. So I know you mentioned, so technically you can apply up to age 79, but as you get older, um, it, it becomes more expensive. The premiums go up. Uh, and also, um, as you mentioned too, the, the risk that your, your, some of your health issues may emerge <laughs> that, that weren't yeah. there in years earlier. So, so we we suggest um, the people that start looking at this um, are one women because they're the most vulnerable. Women do make two thirds of all claims, so women need to really be involved in this decision making. If even if they're not the ones involved beforehand, um, and they have to get if they are married, their spouse you know involved as well. Um, we talk about people um, who have family history, it's very important. Some of the companies are looking at family history. So we need to make sure that if you have family history, you apply younger rather than later. Um, if you have an uninsurable spouse, it's very important that you protect yourself, <clears throat> excuse me, because that person will be using up retirement assets. And it's very important for anyone who really wants to protect their loved ones to have a private pool of money. We could get into this later, but we just want to focus on the fact that there might be a payroll tax for long-term care insurance 
um, in some of the states, in about 13 states. So those people have to start looking at it, but I don't want to get into that yet, but I just want to mention that might be a concern for some. Also want to focus on blended families. Sorry, just sure, go ahead. Know we talk about blended families because everyone and no one is in charge of your long-term care planning. If you are in a blended family, you've probably seen that. So people in blended families should be looking at long-term care insurance uh, to protect themselves um, and their children. And also divorcing individuals prior to the change. You can get the marital discount prior to changing the divorce status, and that could be significant. So we want to make sure that those are people are included. So you can really get long-term care insurance if we're looking nationally from 25 to 85. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to just uh, emphasize, too, that uh, you folks are independent agents, uh, representatives, so that um, that's an important component. You work with a lot of companies and and also uh, you work across the country, too. You're with me in New York here, but, you know, you were um, accredited to work in, in, in many states, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Uh, we're national and we're independent. And I think that the, the independence really breeds to our practice. I mean, we're, we're consultative and we're educational. So when we're looking at designs and we're showing clients on a Zoom screen, we are looking side by side between and among carriers, the different options. So we'll be looking at what's available broadly, and then we'll do a deep dive into what specific um, pieces of the policy you know, designs are really best for the client. And, you know, I'm very fond of saying nobody wants to be a nurse and nobody wants to be a purse, which mm-hmm. means that we do have to, um, for ourselves and our family, require us, you know, longevity is requiring this conversation. Um, so from start to finish, it's really probably a eight to 12 week process. As Rona mentioned, a very heavy pre-qualifier on the front end. So we can be, um, meeting with the client with very appropriate, realistic options. And mm-hmm. that that planning and that work that goes on on the front end ensures us to be successful on the back end. Right. So when somebody starts thinking about it, um, how long is the process general? I mean, it obviously could vary a lot, but how, much, how long would it take? All right, so I want to come um, and, and get a long-term care insurance policy. So I start working with you. Roughly how long would it take to complete a, you know, the application for the policy? Highly motivated people, six to eight weeks. Okay. Those with complicated medical histories, getting medical records from some subspecialist can take up to 16 plus weeks. So on average, we'll probably say if we see you in the, if we talk to you in the winter, we'll be delivering policies in the spring. If we talk to you in the spring, we'll deliver policies in the summer. So I would say the next quarter on average. Right, right. And uh, uh, I know that in New York State, there are tax credit availability, right? Um, How does this um, compare across the country? Are there many states that offer tax credits? Um, so, 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 um, some states offer tax credits, like mm-hmm. New York State. It's twenty. New York State offers twenty percent up to fifteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. if your AGI is less than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Every some states don't do anything on a state level, but they might. Some states have deductions, so it's not a credit, but it's a deduction. Many of those deductions mirror the federal deductions. There are federal deductions 
for business owners and those who itemize medical expenses that are age banded. And every at every age, you could deduct certain a certain portion of your premium and those numbers increase every year. Those are good for all standalone policies and for those hybrid policies that have uh, separate and identifiable long-term care, um, they're not really a rider in the hybrids, but a premium that you could break out the premium. For instance, in New York, the premium is a blended premium. So you can't use the premium for the asset, asset plans and do take the deductions or the credits. So it's very important to look how each state works as far as if your premium is able to be deducted on a federal level or a state level. Right. Go ahead, Rona. I'm, I'm sorry, Natalie, pick up on that. Yeah. Sure. Um, just picking up on what Rona said about federal and state tax incentives, the government is also giving lots of gifts. And that is, um, for example, if your client has cash value in a life insurance policy and they're not using that, don't really need it for the purpose it was intended, you can take that cash, it's called a 1035 exchange, and we can move the cash tax-free from their existing life insurance policy to fund an asset-based solution. So that's a tax-free transfer, and now they're buying their long-term care insurance with a little bit of death benefit, and it was a pain-free way to finance that product. Um, so that's just one example. You can do that with, you know, some annuity cash, some life insurance cash, but there are, there are different ways to, if you will, find a tax advantaged money to repurpose that towards a long-term care insurance premium. Right. Yeah, that's an important option. And I will just uh, tell you that that's one that I took myself. So I think people should understand that you know, if they if they're going along their way, they're like, well, wait a minute, I don't have long I, I have life insurance, I don't have long term care insurance. There are ways to adapt your policies to meet both needs. So I think that's an important thing for people to remember. Yeah. And, and people have to know. Um, sometimes they might call their current carrier. You could ten thirty five any policy into another carrier's um, plan design. So if you bought you know a policy from company A, you don't have to transfer it just to company A's long-term care solutions. It could right. go anywhere. Right, right. And uh, you mentioned this earlier, Rona, but I mean, and just looking forward a little bit, I think that, so long-term care is is a, a growing concern nationwide. And I think that, you know, a lot of states like New York, we are, but everywhere are concerned about, um, you know, funding, you know, funding this, you know, as you've pointed out, this is the largest unfunded risk that people face. So they're getting more involved in um, sort of forcing people to really think about this. So uh, although this, there's a lot that that's still to be said about this. And talk about there, there are at least a couple of states that that are um, basically instituting, um, you know, this into their W two forms, right? In terms of deductions. Yes. So what's happening for all the reasons we just spoke about? Many states are saying, you know, this is a big problem. Um, we don't have Medicaid money. These people are not saving for long-term care. So they're developing trusts where that are gonna give people a very small amount of money, maybe to have a family nearby, something like a total of $36,000 total for their lifetime cash. Um, but that trust is gonna be funded by a tax on people's W-2 forms. Washington state has already done that. 
in most states is an option to opt out of that tax if you own private long-term care insurance, usually a 7702B policy in most cases, but every state is making up their own drafts of this law as we go forward. So people who are in states that have this in preliminary stages should be looking at look uh, long-term care now because what happened in Washington state is that when this happened, many of the carriers pulled out of those states because they were mm. inundated with applications. Wow. So people who actually wanted plans did not have carriers to go to um, if they came to it too late. So for instance, California and New York are the next states to be doing this. And so we really should, but this is not a red blue issue because the, of the 13 states, it's about half and half. Just want to put it out there that, you know, every state is going to be doing something because there's just no money around to be taking care of these long-term care issues at this point. So um, if you are thinking that you might want to do this, in a state that has one of these laws on the books, definitely do it sooner rather than later before uh, the plans pull out. Even if you're not a W-2 employee and you're thinking of it sooner rather than later, and you're not going to be worried about being taxed, you still want to have all the options available to you before these carriers might pull out because they just can't handle. Washington State, they expect California's going to have four times the applications of Washington State and the carriers couldn't even handle Washington State. So so we do need to be aware of that if you're in one of those states. Yeah. Well, it's clear that long-term care is a, is a you know a, an important problem one of the, one of the most important problems I think of, of our generation going forward. So it's going it's going to have to be some sort of shared solution and you can't just you know push everybody into Medicaid because that's not the system's not designed but to do that. The system unfortunately there's nothing ideal because there's no Unfortunately, it's ideally to have a shared solution. There's just no money there for a really good shared solution. Right, right. <laughs> okay, well, on that note, we're, we, we still have a lot more to talk about, but we're going to take another short break. Uh, when we come back, folks, we'll be talking much more with uh, Natalie Karp and Ronan Loshak for our last portion of our show. So don't miss it. There's still a lot, a lot more to cover. I'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Rowell or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking with Natalie Karp and Ron Oloshak, two highly accredited experts in long-term care insurance. Uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, some of the aspects of the insurance, and we'll continue to talk about some of the factors that go into it. But before we do that, I just wanted to uh, uh, mention that this is this is what Natalie and Rona do. So um, uh, to that point, I wanted to at least give a couple opportunities to to let you know how you can get in touch with them. You know, how do you how do you you know? We'll do it again at the end of the show. But what's the best way to follow up with you folks about uh, questions about insurance? Uh, sure. We could um, be reached on our website, which mm-hmm. is carploshack.com. I'll spell it K-A-R-P-L-O-S-H-A-K.com. So visit us there. You can email us there or we pick up the phone. We're old fashioned. 516-801-1419. So just call, Rona answers, Natalie answers. Um, we'd love to meet you and thank you for that uh, commercial. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, people, that's what people want to know. All right, if I have further questions, how do I get in touch? So I always, I always uh, encourage them to do that. Um, so let's just talk about in our last segment a little bit more about um, some of the factors uh, and some of the terms and provisions policies, and also you know wh- how do, what do you do to design the policy the way you need it? Yeah, sure. Um, so um, the basic thing is your health is really the the main piece to qualify you into the options. And once we get past, if you will, good health and stable and resolved conditions, we're looking at building plan design. At the forefront of that is. Um, For example, if you want the most flexible way, biggest bang for the buck, you can take advantage of tax incentives, you're a business owner, you have very rich tax deductions that, that have nothing to do with your AGI. Those traditional slash standalone plan designs that we can put shared care option on, the net effective premium after you take into account the tax incentives is very, very, uh, probably you'll be pleasantly surprised because half your premium is probably picked up by the government. Hmm. So for people who have though, who can benefit from tax um, deductions, the standalones are really opportunistic. For those perhaps who have a lot of cash in an annuity or life insurance plan, we may want to be doing asset-based because we can be repurposing the cash into a different vehicle where we've got life and LTC. So regardless um, of how the plan is designed, sometimes the fundamental is, where do we have, if you will, dormant money, where's opportunistic, and then we compare and contrast. So when we are looking at policies, I mentioned earlier, there's a range in flexibility. The industry generally is on a reimbursement contract. So you get you submit receipts and you get reimbursed. And that's generally how contracts work. There are a few carriers that 
have more flexibility. Those are called cash indemnity plans. So you do not have to submit receipts from a licensed certified caregiver. And the, literally once you claim, the check will go into your bank account. Hmm. So clients love that flexibility because we don't have to answer to where care is provided, who's providing care. So the difference between a reimbursement chassis and an indemnity chassis is really that much floor, more flexibility. All the policies regarding, regardless of carrier and regardless of plan design, will execute the same. They're 7702B, meaning policies will trigger two out of the six ADLs or cognitive impairment. But within the policy, we also have care coordination departments. So we're dealing with um, carriers that are committed to the marketplace, that are very strong financially. These are all investment grade carriers, but moreover, they're committed to the long-term care space. And within each company are care coordination services to help somebody who perhaps is a solo ager or help families navigate. Where do I call for uh, mobility equipment, for durable medical equipment, for caregiver services? And that's a really valuable service. So it's money, but it's more than money. Um, some of the specific metrics that we see are really monthly benefit. How are we designing it? What kind of inflation option are we looking at? There's probably 15 different inflation options. So if you're 60, we're going to be looking at a different inflation option than somebody who's 30. So we want to have the range. Um, the elimination period should really be thought of as your time deductible. How many days out of pocket are you on the hook before the carrier is going to come pay benefits? So the longer the elimination period, the more gentle the premium, but we really want to mitigate the, the total cost of the premium to, to what is in reality. And in reality, most people want to be home. Every client that has ever claimed calls us, they forget what they own, but they always say, when does my policy trigger? So we wanna have realistically the shortest elimination period that we can, um, but we also wanna make the premium, you know, sort of balance that out. So we do look at specific riders to shorten elimination periods in certain situations. So it really is a conversation that evolves Clients are um, clients will gravitate organically to either a standalone or an asset base when we start to compare and contrast. Hmm. And um, I just want to point out when you are looking at these, um, it's very important. So we talked about the standalone. We talked about the asset base, which have a big long-term care benefit and a small benefit. And then, of course, there's life insurance with a long-term care rider. And as Natalie mentioned, these are great for people who want death benefit um, as well. You're basically drawing down your death benefit when you need long-term care, where the other ones are an extension of benefit. We do want to point out to people that there are two different types of riders on these life insurance policies. There's the true 7702B, which acts and standardized just like a, a long-term care policy. And then there's something called a 101G. Some of them are decent, but many of them are a big black box. So if you're, if somebody says to you, I'm giving you this long-term care in quotes, which is really a chronic illness rider, which is a 101G, you better read the language very, very carefully because in many cases, it is not a guaranteed benefit. 
In many cases, they take into when you claim actuarial, what the interest rates are, then your age, they don't guarantee anything. And people are going to people are thinking that they're protected with some of these riders when they're not and they're not going to be there for them. So we strongly recommend that you look at a policy, ideally get a, a life insurance policy that has a 7702B or language that is like a 7702B, because some of them might be a 101G, but their language is the same. You need help with two activities of daily living or supervision for cognitive impairment for a condition that would last at least 90 days. Does not have to be permanent, and it's a guaranteed benefit, a guaranteed percentage benefit without them figuring out the numbers when you're 90 years old. So that's just one point that we want to bring out to people. Right, right. Again, you know, the, it, the, the field is complex, you know, and the, so you have the 7702Bs and the 101Gs. These are things that basically you can guide people through and, and basically Absolutely. decipher and explain. And people should just ask questions. I mean, that's the thing that I find that um, you know, I think sometimes, you know, as consumers, we feel like a little dazed and we're afraid to ask questions like, well, I should understand that. Well, this stuff is it, it's. It's not that complicated, as you point out, but you just you need to know have a basic landscape of what you need to think about and decide. I mean, are there any examples you guys want to point to of, of, of how you've worked with people and things you've done with them? And I mean, I think the main thing is to get to people before there's a crisis, right? Yes, I, I mean, I just work with somebody, and, and I just want to point out that is the importance of working with a long-term care insurance specialist. Mm -hmm. um, and not that other people aren't qualified, but you know, we really know those ins and outs, so we. We, as Natalie said, we're, we're just trying to make it easy for people to go through this. But as far as clients, I know Natalie is a few. I had a client recently. I mean, it was just five years ago that she bought a policy, sat with her at a diner and went over a policy. And now five years later, her husband called me. She, she was fine when I met her. She had early onset Alzheimer's mm -hmm. and she claimed. Um, I know there's just so many people who have said to us, thank you, thank you so much, who were diagnosed with things right after they claimed and then they couldn't get it. Or they're going through it with a parent now and they say to themselves, you know, my parents had money, but now I realize that this is really protecting me and my family. So I know there's just so many specifics. I mean, every day we hear another story from somebody and that's many of the reasons why they come to us. But um, Natalie could probably has a bunch that I know she probably wants to mention as well that just happened recently. Yeah, um, thank you. It, it's it, I think clients come to us one of three ways. Um, they've been very well advised by, you know, their wealth advisors, their money managers, their financial planners. Um, they've been well advised. You guys need to look into it, get educated, put a moat around your portfolio. So those that are well advised are generally coming younger and healthier and obviously, you know, earlier in the game. So the other the other section is people who've had family experience and, um, you know, have they have been through it and it's overwhelming financially and and otherwise. So um, that's a very different experience because they understand viscerally what this money can do. And I get, I think an example, you know, we did a lot of the GM car dealerships and we were dealing with owners and, and finance people and service people and mechanics and, and everyone in between in a dealership. It's a, it's a whole ecosystem to itself. Wow. But I remember, you know, thinking we did and mechanics and he, you do not have to buy this big, robust plan 
to accomplish a great deal. So mm-hmm. if he he put a plan in for his family for $3,500 a month, back in the day, this must be 10 years ago, $3,500 tax-free. There's nobody I know who doesn't think $3,500 a month is a good benefit because no matter what care costs, that's going to offset a tremendous amount of the burden from the family. So whether you're buying you know, a more robust plan, um, and and you know really shifting more of the risk, or you're buying a more modest plan. Those modest plans go a long way um, towards you know helping families. So while we do very, you know we do plan designs that range. I think I'm really most proud of the ability to you know this man will have worked his whole life providing for his family, and he created a moat of maybe probably. growing over the next 25 years, he's going to have $750,000 because of the inflation rider he put Mm -hmm. on this plan. So everything he's worked so hard for is going to execute as intended. So I'm really proud of those. Um, The more, you know, elegant solutions we do or more sophisticated solutions or, you know, couples that may have impaired risk, we can blend age and blend health and put people in contracts that otherwise they could, you know, not get. And I would say the big asterisk is we can do those in every state but New York. So if if clients have another property in Florida or um, Utah, wherever that might be, Connecticut, we're going to look at another state because sometimes we can find some really beautiful solutions and and get some, um, you know, fantastic coverage for people. So we have to just be careful with that. You know, we, we, when it's available, we can do that. So it's really when, you know, again, every state is going to offer us something different. So um, plans really, there's no one size fits all. It really is a one size fits one. Mm -hmm. And it's about, you know, putting together that instrument or that pool of money that is going to really achieve the, desired success. And then and we'll have to we'll have to leave it there because we're unfortunately we've run out of time. We've covered a lot of ground. Uh, I just wanted to thank you guys for a terrific informative conversation uh, and let people know if um, they missed our conversation today, uh, they can still hear uh, Rona and Natalie um, as a podcast on voiceamerica.com. Just search for my show. 45 forward or go to my website, robotresources.com and click on the 45 forward tab. Uh, be sure to join me next Monday, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, when I'll be talking with Patricia King, an international management consultant turned historical mystery writer, who will talk about her latest life journey, um, helping young girls in Kenya uh, to uh, avoid regressive tribal customs. So uh, be sure to join me next week. Uh, so until then, folks, keep moving forward, 45 forward. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week.